welcome to Injury Prevention Podcasts. My name is Rod McClure. I'm editor of the BMJ journal Injury Prevention, and each month I chat with a distinguished researcher or practitioner, and together we discuss the narrative of their injury prevention careers. Our guest today is Dr. Brett Shannon, an occupational physician in Australia, and currently a PhD candidate and John Monash Scholar at the University of Illinois in Chicago. Hello, Brett. Hello, Rod. Could we start, please, by uh, having you introduce yourself and uh, what you're currently doing in the United States? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you know, Rod, I'm an Indigenous Australian from uh, Brisbane, Queensland. And just before I go on, I'd just like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're broadcasting from today and pay my respect to Indigenous elders, both past and present. Uh, like you said, I'm overseas at the moment. Um, I'm actually in a beautiful part of the world at the moment. I'm in Niagara Falls, where my, my partner is from, because it's, uh, it's mid-semester break at the moment in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, I just started my PhD in Environmental and Occupational Health Sciences at the University of Illinois, Chicago, in January this year. And this sort of ties back to my work that I'm doing in Australia, where I'm an occupational physician uh, nearly finished my specialty training and the PhD I'm doing overseas in Chicago, there's quite a number of arms to it. Um, the, the first arm is we're doing some big data analysis, uh, looking at multivariate models of root cause of occupational injuries. And one of the first ones we've done is we've looked at ethnicity and different outcomes in occupational injuries. And we're going to try and link that data back into a a training package with American Indian Health Services here in the US and hopefully develop some similar data in Australia that we can use with Aboriginal community controlled services as well. The second arm of the PhD is around education and teaching. Um, so like you, Rod, I really enjoy medical education. I think it's very important. And I'm working with the World Health Organization Collaborating Center in Occupational Health in Chicago who run an occupational medicine or an occupational health training program, mainly for developing countries, for their occupational nurses and occupational doctors. And we're evaluating that program at the moment and I'm working with them, hopefully looking to see if we can develop something similar in the future in Australia. And the third arm of the PhD is doing some work with the Black Lung Center for Excellence, which is also based in Chicago and is already has an established relationship with Australia, working with the Coal Mine Workers' Health Scheme in Australia. Um, we're doing a couple of research projects using big data with them as well. Thanks, Brett. You started by introducing yourself as an Aboriginal Australian. Can you explain to us the importance of that, please? For me, it means everything, Rod. It's why I do what I do, and it's why I've done all the study I have um, to try and improve uh, health outcomes for Indigenous Australians and Indigenous people internationally. Um, my family are from Brisbane. My mum's family are from Stradbroke Island, which is a small island for those that don't know, just off the coast um, of Brisbane. Uh, and my first job actually as a teenager was working for the Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Services in Brisbane. And one of the first things I had to do was some policy briefings for the, the Queensland election that year, where I had to use health data and big census data to develop three-page policy briefings for each politician uh, running in the state election. And that project really enlightened me to the importance of health data, the importance 
of using data properly to inform policy and in a way that can be easily read by politicians. And that really led me to further go on and then apply for the Masters of Applied Epidemiology course and then later medicine at the University of Queensland. And now in the United States. So how did you how did you get to the United States? What was the, the path there and, and your decision process? So I really like Australia's system when you finish medical school, how as a junior doctor, you have to try various fields. And I did predominantly emergency medicine and cardiology in my first couple of years as a doctor. And then in 2018, I actually went to Hawaii and did a talk on regional models of care. And then I had to go to Alaska with a contingent from the Institute for Urban Indigenous Health and did a report on their models of care. And I think I came back, Rod, and decided I really wanted to continue to see patients and continue to practice clinically, but I really understood the importance of getting more of a public health context and doing some more public policy work and some research. And I sort of fell into occupational medicine because of a mentor of mine. And it really fit both worlds where I could see patients, but also still uh, do work in a public health context and, and research. And I also really enjoy injury management as well. So it was, it was really a perfect fit. And you've got some scholarship support to get to the United States for this um, particular project um, from a number of sources, is that right? Yeah, so I did start my occupational medicine training in 2018 and started completing some research and decided I wanted to get some more experience overseas and work with, work with some leaders in this field. Uh, I applied and was successful in getting some scholarships. One was the prestigious John Monash Foundation Scholarship in Australia and the American Australian Association and Roberta Sykes Foundation uh, also provided some grants towards my work. And we're really hoping to look at the surveillance systems in America and Canada in occupational health and see how we can develop and utilize some of the work they're doing in Australia to improve our occupational health surveillance systems and the data we have. There are two things about that um, that I'd like to ask you about. One is this international comparison process that you're undertaking, how one learns from other systems. And secondly, can you explore the differences between the two countries in terms of occupational injury and how it sits inside the context of medicine and injury research? Yeah, it's a good question, Rod. I think the first hurdle we've had whilst I've been overseas is how do we improve capturing Indigenous status in occupational surveillance data in Australia and improve completeness overall of demographic data in these data sets? At the moment, Indigenous status isn't readily recorded in occupational surveillance data in Australia. And this really makes it difficult to uh, form baseline interventions and uh, evaluate how big of an issue this actually is. I think employment we know is an integral part of a person's identity and self-esteem. And it's really a key determinant of health and well-being for, for individuals. And yet underemployment is one of the failings in closing the Aboriginal health gap. Um, but yeah, without any baseline data, we don't have any evidence to understand what are the culturally appropriate and equitable occupational sort of injury and illness management uh, in Indigenous Australians. And how can we translate any successful occupational health, health outcomes um, if there is any? So that, that's the first sort of recommendation from our work overseas. 
The second is around looking at some of the surveys they've done in, in the US and, and done in Australia and how we really need to consider oversampling Indigenous persons uh, in order to ensure they're properly represented in some of these regional and national surveys so that we can appropriately use the data um, to inform decision making. And I really think one of the things, Rod, is, is we're really trying to expand the current research agenda to support occupational health surveillance in Australia um, and support interventions and research for Indigenous populations by some of the work we're doing with the American Indian data in the US um, and subsequently hopefully increase investment in this research in Australia and form some baseline data. So one of the um, strings in your bow is that you're on the editorial board of injury prevention. And one of the challenges that I think all journal editors have is to try and encourage submissions and publications uh, from populations that are First Nations, uh, Aboriginal Indigenous communities. Do you have any suggestions, uh, both for the field, but uh, perhaps for me, to see what we can do about increasing the voice of First Nations peoples? I think me and you have talked about this, Rod, about how the, the lack of research agenda and investment in certain areas in Indigenous health and Indigenous research, it really prohibits the downstream development of Indigenous researchers. We really need a bigger contingent of Indigenous researchers trained in undertaking appropriate collection and interpretation of, of appropriate data for uh, monitoring and prioritising future sort of health research. But without those upstream sort of determining the agenda and the investment in, in Indigenous research, the, the downstream effects will never take place. And we're seeing some improvements. Um, we're seeing a targeted research agenda now in Australia, but these things will take time and it will take time, but we really need to make sure we develop the next generation of, of Indigenous researchers. It's commitment, isn't it, to some extent on, on all our parts is to make sure that we do spend the time and we do put in the resources and go the long distance instead of looking for short-term quick fixes that often fall over. Most definitely. And I think just the appropriate training in, in research methodology is so important. And again, I'm a big advocate for any international experience and just diverse experience, working with a range of researchers to develop your toolkit so that you're across all forms of research. Well, thank you very much, uh, Brett, for a, a, an informative and most interesting uh, conversation. Do you have any points that you'd like to, to close on in terms of where you'd like to be? Where you'd, where you'd like to head, uh, your hopes for, for where the field can, can go? I think there's so many things we can improve in Australia, Rod, just in utilising occupational health data. I think it's such an important issue that's been raised during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, everyone has understood the importance of occupational health and safety in all workplaces um, with COVID-19. I think one of my colleagues pointed out that Every 12 months, we have 2.3 million deaths worldwide from occupational injuries and illnesses um, relative to COVID-19 deaths. And we understand how important this issue is. And um, to address these outcomes, we need, we need good data um, to form good interventions. And that's where I want to head. And this is certainly one of the areas, isn't it, where you can link uh, uh, research and data collection public health and clinical practice to, to achieve real uh, individual level outcomes. 
precision public health, precision medicine, and uh, very much in applied research. Thank you, Brett, for your time today and, and insights uh, which are particularly individual and, and come from a perspective that I think uh, we don't hear enough of. So thank you for helping us through that. Thanks for having me, Rod. Today, we've had the privilege of chatting with Dr. Brett Shannon from the University of Illinois, the United States. For those of you wishing to learn more about some of the topics we've discussed, I invite you to visit the journal's website at injuryprevention.bmj.com. Remember, you can download injury prevention podcasts from your favorite platform or app on the first Thursday of each month.